So we're going to continue in the book of Jonah. This is our second week in the book and I continue to be excited about it because Jonah is a unique book. It's not the words of God through the prophet but the words of God about the prophet Jonah. It's a story about Jonah. And through that, that we can learn about the character of God and God's purposes. But we can also learn about ourselves. The primary way that we learn about ourselves in this story is as we talked about last week, that we would see ourselves in Jonah. They were in similar situation as Jonah. The Jonah was of the people of God. They were a part of God's family. The Jonah was religious in his culture. That we, by even sitting here, are religious in our culture. Jonah had a word from God. We absolutely have received a word from God. And Jonah was called by God to go and to proclaim him and to love others. We've been called to go, to proclaim, to make disciples, to love others. We're in a similar situation. And then we began to look at how similar is our response. Do we trust God's plan and God's purpose for our lives? Or do we prioritize our own plans, our own lives, over the plan that God has for us, over the purposes that God wants to accomplish through us? And so I want to continue and jump back in where we made it through Jonah 1, through the first part of verse 3, and we're going to go all the way today to the end of verse 3. And you think, we will pick up speed, I promise. But there are some things that I think are foundational that I want us to see up front, that we would see these themes that run throughout the book of Jonah, that run throughout the story, before we just run through the story. So we would understand these main themes and then walk through them. So let me read Jonah 1, verse 1 through 3, and then Grace will read it in Spanish. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So I think in those first three verses, one of the themes and the theme that we want to talk about today is established. And so I've got a slide for us because I think this sums it up. That sin is us running from God. Okay? And grace is God pursuing us or chasing us. And you will see this throughout the entire story. Jonah is running from God. That's his sin. And yet God is pursuing Jonah and grace. Throughout the entire story, we'll see this theme. 
And as we understand, Jonah will expose ourselves. That we are like Jonah. We run from God. But God is pursuing us. Now, when I was young, a long time ago, when I was a teenager, I was a confident teenager. But you know that a teenager's confidence is about that thin. Okay? It could easily be disturbed because it was not very, uh, it wasn't built on any foundation. And part of my confidence was through playing sports. And I played basketball and I played baseball. And at times, my family had said things to me about the way that I run. In a negative way. They talked about, at times, how I would run with my, my, my hands really high. And, and they made fun of me because of how I ran. But I, I dismissed that kind of growing up, you know, and I was just trying to be confident in, in who I was and, and my skills, and I just continued to run the way I run. But I remember as a junior in high school being done with a baseball game, and my best friend's grandfather, who was a track coach, a retired track coach, and he says, Fuller, if, if I could just have 30 minutes with you, I could train you to run in a different way. You could beat out half of the ground balls at first base. Like, I'll make you faster if you would run in the right way. And I asked him, what do you mean? He's like, well, you run like this. <laughs> After I heard that from him, I never ran that way again. Right? I, I was determined. I need to be aware of how I'm running. I need to uh, change how I'm running. One, because of how it looked. But two, I could be faster. I could be more effective. I could be more efficient. I could run in the way that I was actually designed to run. And so what I want us to do this morning is I'm going to ask Robert if you'll come to the aisle and then Elvis if you'll come to the aisle. I have not prepared them for this, okay? Now, listen, we're going to go in a, in a clockwise fashion, okay? In this middle row. And what they're going to do, just a minute, is they're going to run. Clockwise, this way, Elvis, okay? All right? So wait, wait, wait. They're going to run, and we're going to observe and watch how they run. Now, when I say run, you can go at a, a jogging pace, okay? We don't need to show off, okay? Just let's see how you guys run, all right? And we're all going to watch. We're all going to observe. Ready? All right, gentlemen, go. In the circle, let's go. Run. <laughs> Keep running. Now keep running. Now what I should do is just let them run throughout the whole service. And then we would start to see something different. All right, gentlemen, you can stop. Robert's about to catch you, Elvis. I don't want you to be embarrassed.
Now, if they kept running the entire service, and I kept preaching and preaching and preaching, what would happen? They get tired, they slow down, and when they get tired and they slow down, what would change? Their form. They're running around here just bouncing like this. This is no big deal, right? right? Their form is perfect as they begin, but then as they continue and continue and continue and they get fatigued and tired or even discouraged, they would start to change their form. And I can watch them and I know, oh, Elvis, this is what's going to be sore on you tomorrow as you continue. And Robert, this is what's going to be sore on you because of your form, because of how you're running and you need to adjust that. You need to change that. We'd start to see their tendencies. We'd start to see their patterns. And we start to see their weaknesses as we continue to watch them run and run and run. What are our patterns? What are our tendencies that we demonstrate when we run away from God? When we run away from God, where are our weaknesses? What's our form? We need to be aware of that. And we actually need to be observing that and sharing that with each other. We need to know how we run from God. And I would say you as individuals each, the, the most one of the most important things you could know is how is it that I run away from God? How is it that I hear God and I hear His plan and I hear His purposes but I don't agree with it I don't want it and I don't desire it but I'm going to run from Him. How is it that you do that? How is it that I do that? Because we all run away from God. We have run away, we are running away, or we will run away. And so we need to see ourselves in Jonah. As he runs away, what can we see about ourselves? And I want to just note this running from the Lord that Jonah is doing. If you can put up verse 3, it says he ran away from the Lord. And then it says at the end he, to flee from the Lord. In the original language, he is running or he is fleeing away from the face of God. It's a relational term. Right? He, he's not attempting, or we actually see that he does, but the, the heart of his issue, the heart of his weakness, is not that he's physically trying to run from the presence of God. Jonah was aware of Psalms 139. Jonah knew, like, I, there's nowhere I can go, God, where you are not present, but at the same time, he's running. And it says he's running from the face of God, which is a relational, personal term. And it says from the face of Yahweh is what's there. When we look in our English or Spanish translations and Lord is all in capital letters, that's the name of Yahweh. It's the personal Hebrew God that knows you and relates to you. It's not a generic term for God. 
And so it says that he's running away relationally from his personal God, from Yahweh. He's ultimately run away from intimacy and interaction with his God. God gave him direction. God gave him a purpose. Jonah did not desire it. He did not understand it. He did not agree with it. He didn't trust God. He was faithless. And in disobedience, he ran away from intimacy and interaction with God. We're all like as I said before we have we are and we will run away from intimacy and interaction with God you can be going about your life you can be sitting here and gathering together and still be running away from intimacy and interaction with God we can be religious and still run away from intimacy and interaction with God you can have a relationship with God and still run away from intimacy and interaction with Him that is our nature that is that is our issue that is our problem and we need to be aware of how it is that I, how it is that you, how it is that we run away from intimacy and interaction with God. And I think in this passage, it, it shows three ways. We run from intimacy and interaction with Him, with God. We run from intimacy and interaction with His people. And we run from intimacy and interaction with those who He has a concern for. From God from his people and from those he has a concern for. We run away. Everybody with me? Does everybody agree? I'm like Jonah. I have been, I am, or I will be like Jonah. Everybody? If you never have, you never, you aren't now, and you never will, then you can leave. You, this is not for you. But if you were like me, and you have, are, or will run from God in our intimacy and interaction with Him, then this is for us. We need to see ourselves in this story. We need to see ourselves in Jonah. So first, running from God. In verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. And he headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard the si and sailed for Tarshish to flee again from the Lord. I think for us uh, to understand this, to, to apply this to ourselves and our lives is to realize that for a lot of us, we struggle with how we see God. That we understand God as a concept, as an idea, but not primarily 
but we don't primarily relate to God as a person. I primarily, my first thing I see God is this idea, this theology, this, this concept, and not primarily relating to Him as a person. We can have a religious background. We can behave well. We can not do all the things that we're not supposed to do. We can give the right answers to religious or theological questions. We can have all those things memorized. We can have studied all those things. We can have information about Him and still lack experience with Him. To trust God for His plan. To trust God for His direction. Not, not our plan, not our direction, but to trust God in faith for His plan. It cannot be from knowing about God. It has to come from knowing God. Personally. Through experience. Jonah had a religious background. Jonah behaved religiously and he had religious answers, but they did not produce a faith to trust God for his direction and his plan for Jonah's life. In our lives, we have to get personal. Intimate and interactive with God. You can't rely on someone else's faith. You can't rely on what they have learned or what they have experienced. It has to be personal. Not what your family has communicated to you. Not what the pastor preaches. Not what you've heard. Not what you've read. But what you have experienced with God in your own intimacy and in your own interaction. At the end of the day, that has to be primary. There has to be that relationship. It has to be personal. Because otherwise, when you receive this call from God to do what you don't want to do, what you don't understand, what makes no sense to you, and you don't have that personal experience, you don't have that personal relationship, then you're going to run. You're going to run away. Because God is just an idea, He's just a concept. And that takes time. It takes time to experience God. But how much time do we spend each day thinking about ourselves? How much time do we think each day even talking to ourselves or, or talking to others about ourselves? How much time do we spend each day worshiping ourselves? There's time to talk to God. There's time to hear from God. There's time to worship God. But it has to be a priority. His plan, His purpose, not my plan and my purpose, not Him, not me. That we would become selfless and less self-focused and more focused on Him. And we would spend that time experiencing Him, knowing Him, interacting with Him intimately. 
So does your life Entonces, demonstrate su vida o that you're prioritizing intimacy and interaction with God? It's pretty simple. Is it important and is it urgent? And do you do it? Reading his word, reflecting on him, talking to him, being in his presence, pursuing his face, relating to him. It has to get personal. So we see first that we can run away from God by running from intimacy and interaction with Him. But I also want us to see through the story of Jonah that we can run away from God by running from intimacy and interaction with each other, with God's people, with, with our family, with our church family. If you read those first three verses, where does Jonah not stay? He doesn't stay in Israel. He doesn't stay amongst the Israelites. God tells him to go to Nineveh. God, Jonah's not going to go to Nineveh, but Jonah doesn't stay with his people. He doesn't stay amongst God's people. He's like, I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving God's people. I want to be on my own, isolated, where I'm not accountable to anyone, and no one actually understands how it is that I am being disobedient in what that I'm doing. Because if I stay and remain around these people that know God, they're going to tell me what I don't want to hear and I'm unwilling to listen. So I'm just going to leave and I'm just going to run away from them and I'm just going to isolate myself. Do I look like I'm isolated from you guys? It's pretty obvious, right? I'm in the corner of the room, almost. It's far away, right? That I can get from you, right? I physically left you. I'm avoiding you. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to listen to you. I am running from God and I'll run from you because if you run from God, after long enough, you're going to run from His people as well. And I would tell you, after... Walking with this church for many years, usually when we share with people and continue to, to bring forth something that's going on, sin that's in someone's life, if they're not willing to accept it, and we try to continue with them and, and graciously and sharing the truth, what do they do? They run. If you're going to continue to talk about this, I'm leaving. I don't want to remain. I don't want to stay. I don't want to hear this. I'm trying to run from God and you're making that extremely difficult. But what's difficult for us is that it doesn't always look like it just looked for me in the corner. It's not always obvious because we are so clever at isolating ourselves and, and, and avoiding each other. That we can still interact with and engage with and show up at times and have conversations and never be intimate and never actually interact. Because I don't want you in my life 
I don't want to listen to you I don't want to hear you and I'm going to run away from you because God uses his people to accomplish his purposes okay and I promise the way God has set up the way God has ordained the church to come together as a family is that these people in this body are here to be used in your life according to God's purposes to walk with you to speak to you to love you to confront you to forgive you to challenge you and to continue with you God has that purpose for us as we walk together and we cannot run away from it and God desires for us to pursue each other in grace right Jonah is running Jonah is running God desires for us to pursue each other in grace we have to live our lives connected being in each other's presence is a start but as I said we can still avoid intimacy and interaction even in the presence of each other So I want you to consider for yourself. Are you prioritizing a deep and transparent connection and vulnerability with others in this body? I want to give us a moment. We've talked about running from God and then talking about running from His people. And part of that is, our issue with that is time. I don't have the time. I don't have the time for God. I don't have the time for His people. And so what I want to do, just for this moment, is uncomfortably give you the gift of time. Because my first thoughts is, well, I'm preaching. I don't have the time to give them to do this. Like, I've got to preach and I can't give the time. But we're going to set aside the time. And I just mean a moment. But a moment right now to consider how is it that I tend to run away from God. Ask God. Say, show me how it is that I tend to run away from you. And show me how it is that I'm avoiding intimacy and interaction, not just with you, God, but with my brothers and sisters. And stop. There's nothing else to do. We just, for a moment, in your seats, quietly, if you want to close your eyes, do whatever you need to do, but reflect, read God's word, pray, whatever you need to do to ask God to show you, how do I run from you and from those around me?
It has to get personal. We have to be connected. We have to prioritize. Knowing that it's important, making it urgent. To be personal with God, to experience God, to connect with each other, and not run away. If you go away from this, what I would ask you to do is to actually spend time making it personal this week. I would ask you to spend time attempting to connect. You can start connecting by asking someone else who is witness to your life, what do you see in my life? as a weakness? What do you see in my life as a tendency? How, how, do I, how do you see me tending to run away from God or running away from others? Ask that. Prioritize it. Be willing to share and be willing to receive. God has purposes for us that He wants to accomplish through us in each other's lives. So running away from intimacy and interaction with God, running away from intimacy and interaction with each other, and then running away from intimacy and interaction with God's concern. Avoiding those who God is pursuing. In verse 2, going back, it says, He told him to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Literally, the Ninevites, their wickedness had come up before the face of God. God had gotten personal with it. God had begun to relate with it. It's the same word, right? We're running from His face and from, we're fleeing from His face. The Ninevites had actually come before, personally interacted, like God was personal with them. It's the same word, right there, within the same two passages, same passages. And we have to ask ourselves, was God concerned about the Ninevites? Or was he concerned for the Ninevites? And when I say about, we know that the Ninevites were Israel's greatest and most hated enemies, and they were a threat to Israel. So was God concerned about the threat that they presented to Israel? Was God concerned about the threat? And so I want you to go there and deal with them because I'm concerned about them and what they're going to do to us and how they're going to come to Israel and how they're going to invade us and overthrow us and how they're going to enculturate us and how they're going to change us. So go and preach. Or was it a concern for them? And I would say that it's not clear here in the first chapter. But if you go to the end of the story, chapter 4, verse 2, it becomes very clear that God was for them. 
This is Jonah in chapter 4, verse 2, saying, He, Jonah, prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said? Lord, when I was still at home, that I was... This is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. This is who you are towards the Ninevites. God wanted to accomplish His purposes for the Ninevites through Jonah. God wanted to be gracious, God wanted to be compassionate, and God wanted to love them through Jonah. Jonah knew it. And so instead of going, Jonah ran. He ran not to the Ninevites, but he ran away from the Ninevites in the exact opposite direction as far as he could go from these people that God had a concern for. To trust God for His plan, for His direction, not our plan, not our direction. To respond in faith. We cannot live our lives distancing ourselves from those people and avoiding those that God is pursuing. We cannot live our lives distancing ourselves, running away from those people. God had a concern for them. A specific concern. He communicated that concern. And I will tell you, as I've said before, something that became so clear to me as I actually began to read the Scriptures for myself, as it became personal to me, and not what I had received, not what had been told to me, but as I began to wrestle with and, and, and come to uh, and, and be intimate with God and hear from Him, I began to see clearly that God has a specific concern. He has a heart, and it's communicated over and over again through the Scriptures. He has a heart for the poor. He has a heart for the orphan. He has a heart for the widow. He has a heart for the immigrant. He has a heart for those people that are vulnerable. For those that we or the culture tend to take advantage of or tend to dismiss. And you might be thinking, and it's been said right back to me even in the last two weeks. Yes, I know God has a special concern for everybody, but, but God, I mean, concern for those people, but God is just as concerned about everybody. God's concerned about all people. I know the scriptures say that, that there's this concern for the poor and the orphan and the widow and the immigrant, but, but God has a concern for all people. And they want to dismiss that because God has a concern for all people. Let me explain it. If Jesus were here and he were walking in LA amongst us, Jesus would have a shirt that says poor lives matter. 
He'd have a shirt that say, Immigrant Lives Matter. He'd have a shirt that say, Orphans' Lives Matter. Widows' Lives Matter. And we get all up in arms, but what about all the lives? And he says, no, these lives, specifically, I'm telling you this because your tendency is you're going to dismiss them, you're going to ignore them, you're going to take advantage of them, and I've got to bring this up and speak it and communicate it to you because I have a concern for these people and you will disassociate with them and abandon them and leave them and take advantage of them. And so I'm your father, I know how you act, I know how you think, and so I'm bringing these people up, their lives matter. Of course, all of our lives matter. But we need to hear and we need to consider that those lives matter. Specifically, God has a concern for them. He has communicated it to us here in His Word. We have this Word from God. So the question is, will we go and interact and be intimate with those people. It's our nature not to. It's my nature not to. I want to be with those like me. Not those who are different from me. And I will tell you that this is historic in the church in the United States. This is what the church does. I will post a brief segment of a pastor sharing this historical narrative of the church in America and how we have run from those people. But let me give you one example. In 1945, in the United States, there was about 20 to 25 million dollars spent nationally on new church buildings. In 1945, about 20 to 25 million dollars was spent in the church on new construction, new churches, churches that are growing or being planted or, or beginning. 15 years later, 1960, it's not 20 to 25 million, but it's over a billion dollars are being spent on new construction for new church buildings. And you hear that and you might be like, wow, like was the gospel exploding and the churches were growing and, and people were coming to the Lord? No. Our cities were becoming more poor, more diverse, and more of a threat. Those people had moved into our cities, and so it wasn't just white flight to the suburbs, it was church flight to the suburbs, and the churches left the cities, and the churches began to expand their construction budgets over and over and over. That's just a piece of the narrative. A piece of the history of the church and the United States. We ran away from those people. To avoid those people. And we spent millions and billions of dollars to do it. That's our nature. Is to run away 
es escapar from God's concern de lo, el corazón de Dios to run away from those who God is concerned and pursuing de aquellos que el Señor busca y persigue the Ninevites were political rivals they were moral opponents they were racially different and they were religious enemies and sadly in our church culture today in churchianity there are groups that fit all of these categories and we have not pursued them but instead we condemn them and we disassociate with them who are those people for you? who are those people for us as a church? I don't want to go to them. I want to run away from them. You want me to be gracious to them and compassionate to them and, and loving to them? You want to use me to pursue them? Those people? Yes. These are foundational themes for us to understand. For us to see ourselves in Jonah. We're in a similar situation. And we tend to respond similarly, running away from God, from each other, and from those He's concerned about. We each have tendencies, we each have patterns, the way we run. We need to identify those. And that God would help us to address those. And then we would stop running. And then we would get personal we would get connected and we would associate with and relate with those people intimately and interacting again and again the good news is that if running from God is our sin God is chasing us God is pursuing us and he sent the ultimate Jonah he sent Jesus who did not run from God didn't run from God's plan didn't run from God's purpose but gave up his life according to God's plan according to God's purpose he came and he was gracious to us he was compassionate to us and he loved us by giving himself for us and so I know because of that God can use this story to transform us His Holy Spirit can renew us can convict us and can change us and can give us strength not to run away but to run to Him let me pray
Father, I pray for myself. I pray for us. God, that you would give us ears to hear. We would hear your word. That you would give us faith to believe your word. And we could respond trusting you with your plan and your purposes. God, give us eyes to see when and how we run from you. When and how we run from each other. And when and how we run from those who you are pursuing. God, show us our patterns, our tendencies. Show us our weaknesses. Give us courage to see that, to bring that to you, to deal with those issues. That we would be real with you, God. That we would be real with each other. That we are sinners running from you. That we would stop and we would be covered by your grace. Thank you, God, for your pursuit. Thank you that you chase us. Help us to change our priorities. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.